Now is your time to flinch. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. Of course, I'm your host, B. Jones, and I want to thank everybody for listening. And I want to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by Fledgeology, the motivational speaking and life coaching company committed to exposing you to the potential of your dreams and helping you embrace your fears so that you can get out of your comfort zone and on to leading that purpose-driven life. Uh, before we get into anything, I want to introduce some of the Fledge mates. We got our CMO, Art. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It's a pleasure to be in your ears, in your home's office, cubicles, or car. Awesome, man. He's excited to be here. We also got Fresh by Popular Demand, Ian, DJ Barry B. Fresh. What's happening, bro? Yes, uh, good morning, world. Good morning, world. Afternoon, evening, and good night. Let's get it. Let's get it. And let's not forget our prolific orator, Carol. What's going on, bro? Good, whatever it is where you are all around the world. There it is. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, wherever you decide to listen to. We here on the 13th floor ready to get things going. Uh, we got a great show lined up for you today. We're going to uh, get into continuing our series of breaking down the fledgology mantra, leap, grow, fly. We're going to jump into grow today. Um, and then we're going to also kind of let the cat out of the bag. So I guess we'll start with that. We're going to go ahead and tell the people why we decided to name the show the 13th floor. So I'm going to throw it to Carol real quick since he kind of helped come up with that idea. Why the 13th floor, bro? So just like we always say, if you put something out there in the universe, the universe would give you something back. And we were struggling with what the name of the podcast was going to be at one point. Uh, somebody, I won't say any names, but they're on this podcast said that fledged quarters and it sounded too much like hindquarters. Hey, listen, so man, they don't know it, but we, on top of the building of the 13th floor, there's a bright light that says fledged quarters. So we still grooving, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so it just so happened that I was listening to fast mixes. I was driving one day and it just popped up this song called the 13th floor growing old. Um, and I'm not going to get into the lyrics of it, but they featured a guy called Big Rube in the beginning. And he absolutely uh, showed us or tuned in my uh, my thoughts to what he was saying. Um, and then there is a part uh, like in the third verse, I believe it's Andre. He says something like psych because no one is free when others are are oppressed so we hit the stage and then we fly back to our nest and then big boy jumps in and says like some eagles so that sealed the deal for me for everybody out there you know that the fledgeology logo is an eagle um so that sealed the deal for me and then if you get into things like numerology uh 13 is a number of upheaval and destruction and for some people um that might come off as kind of negative um but if that upheaval and destruction is basically removing the barriers of your mind and the, the barriers that you think are keeping you from being your best self, then that turns into a good thing. Um, and I'll let Ian or Art probably jump in and talk about just, you know, the mythology surrounding the number 13 and elevators and all that good stuff. So, you know, people always try to think about and, and use their mindset that, oh, in the hotels, you know, hey, it's never a 13th floor. We never have anything in between. Why do we skip between you know, 12 and 14? You know, most people's mindsets always focus on the negative 13 and, you know, how bad it is. But, you know, you got to flip that mindset. 13 is, is not a bad number. It's a challenge number. It's a number 
that's going to make you, you know, work for it. It's going to make you uh, stand out and be different. So 13th floor is somewhere you're going to stand, you're going to stand and represent. Even though you might not be that number there, when you do open that other door, surprise the world waiting for you. Yeah, and it's just that that unknown and again, that unproven fear, that unwarranted fear of 13. Um, so here at the 13th floor, we believe that, hey, look, all the things that have escaped you all your life or all the things that, that you feel are keeping you from getting to your best self, we got the answer right here for you. Right, man. And I think society in, in itself has done a great job with vilifying the number 13. I mean, it even has its own phobia. Triscodecophobia is the fear of the number 13. Um, if you go back a little further, the Mayan calendar, they have a, what you call a 13th Bactrum. And that was supposed to signify the apocalypse phenomenon that was supposed to happen in 2012. But look, it, it's 2016 and we're still here. So um even in like biblical references you have the last supper and we all know about judas um but he was supposedly the 13th apostle and his you know betrayal of jesus so there's just a lot of examples um that society has put out there and you know they've kind of pushed that you know oh fear of the number 13 or it just being a bad number but you know you don't have to necessarily go along with that you know it's all about what's in your mind so we trying to change that here on the 13th floor and I'm going to throw it to Fresh. Maybe he might be able to explain why the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. But that was his quip. He came up with it out of nowhere and it just stuck with us since. So Fresh, how did that happen? Uh, spontaneous combustion of the mind. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it was... Uh, no, any anything that you uh, get easily is not something that you truly appreciate. And the chaos of trying to, uh, you know, take this lead to grow and, and do things, you know, it's it's not always the prettiest situation. But when you sit back and you look at what you've accomplished and, and what you've been able to do, that's when you see the, the full picture and you get that view where you see it's amazing. That's why I say, you know, when, when you come up here, the furniture may be a little messed around. There might be stuff out of place. But when you take a look out that window and you see what what's been accomplished and, and where we're trying to go, because that's the thing, it's a, it's a it's a 360 view, it's a panoramic view. So not only can you see where you you've come from, you can also see where you're going. And so that's the beautiful thing about the 13th floor. It may not look the, the very best on the inside, but once you embrace the view and, and what's going on, it, it's all worth it. Exactly, exactly. So. We got that out there. Yeah. Now everybody understands, you know, what's going on with the 13th floor. Carol, you want to jump in real quick? Yeah, yeah man. And then the guys are making America great again. So America started out with 13 colonies. There's 13 stripes on the American flag. So <laughs> the 13th floor, we're rooted in American history. <laughs> All right, man. So moving right along, um, we want to. We want to go ahead and jump in to the grow. Before we get there, though, um, I want to remind everybody to, you know, if you have the time, go ahead and check out the previous podcast where we break down the lead. I'm going to give you a real quick recap, though. You know, first and foremost, when you're out there trying to leap, you got to realize that you can't fly if you don't leap. So whatever it is that you want to that you see yourself doing, you're going to have to get on that ledge. You're going to have to take that leap before you do that, though. The next thing before you uh, take that leap. 
you got to know where you're at first and you also need to know where it is you're trying to go so you don't want to take any blind leaps because that's going to give you blind results so know where you're at know where you want to go so that way you can set yourself on that path and in the right direction when you do leap and as you are leaping it's going to be a natural occurrence of apprehension or fear just because you're stepping out of your comfort zone but it's okay man you need to go ahead and embrace those fears understand where they're coming from the sources so that you can learn to control them and face them and use that possibly as some motivation or a, a force to push you forward so embrace your fears and then that's when you jump out on it or you get out on that ledge take that leap and you are where we are today when we're talking about the grow so i have a sort of a grow story um myself i've always wanted to be able to work on my own car right and uh the way like I've had opportunities, I guess, in life, but just too busy and in the convenience of other people, mechanics, whoever being able to do that stuff for me. I just never got around to it. But my brother, he uh, has a background in auto mechanics. He came up here with me. And one day, you know, I was like, man, you're here. Let's get out here and change the oil on my car since, you know, I've been wanting to do this for a while. So we go out there. I got my brother with me. So I figured, you know, he's a subject matter expert. He's been doing this for a little while. I got my toolbox with all my ratchets my wrenches and everything in there so i'm thinking cool we're gonna get out here we're gonna change this oil and be good I get out there we pop the plug oil is draining we good then we get to the next phase my brother had forgotten or didn't realize that there's an oil filter housing on my car and so we didn't have the tool necessary to get that off so we're like cool we'll just jump to you know the local auto parts store tell them the situation they'll be able to help us out right we go to the auto parts store I explained to them what I'm trying to do. They give me a part. Notice I said a, well, they gave me a tool rather. Notice I said a tool. Um, they gave me a tool. I go back to my car and it doesn't fit. It doesn't work. So I'm thinking, all right, man, we got to go back to this store. I got I'm looking on YouTube now to try and find, uh, you know, some videos of what other people may have used to get these things off of. I go back to the store. I've done some the form research and I find the exact tool finally to get the housing off. And then we get here, we go ahead and finish up the oil change. Now, mind you, that sounds like maybe a 45 minute process, but it really took like three hours to change the oil on my car. And what I got out of that situation, you know, me trying to grow was the importance of you kind of owning your growth and having the right tools in your quote unquote grow toolbox. So throughout that whole situation, you notice like I, I went and got my brother and thought I was going to utilize him as a resource. Then I went to the auto parts store and I thought they were going to be able to point me in the right direction. But ultimately, I still had to come back and, you know, add to that and find which way I was going to go or what tools I actually needed. You know, even though I had their help, I still had to own that. So I had to figure out what tools I was going to need to put into my toolbox. And ultimately, it was my responsibility on owning that toolbox. So putting the right things in it to be successful and not putting the wrong things in it to be unsuccessful. And I kind of did that through trial and error. So I thought that was one of the biggest things when we talk about growing or getting into that phase is understanding that you are responsible for that. So I'll throw it, you know, to Art and see, you know, what he thinks of the situation. And maybe he has, you know, some knowledge or resources that, you know, what else should we look into when we're talking about putting things into our toolbox? 
Well, you know, I mean, the way that story Juicy explained went through it, it's important that, you know, through all that, most people are going to step off and they're going to step aside and be frustrated and, you know, well, we'll just take my car, take my car into a shop and done. I'm done. I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't, it's not going to work for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, the positive mindset which you got to have, you got to know that, you know, it's going to be a challenge. You're going to make sure that, you know, it's not going to be easy. If it was easy, everyone would do it. If it was easy, you would never take that dead job. You would never took the next step. You would never made that happen. So the challenges you're having and, and, the, and the, the focus you got to have to make sure that, Hey, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep moving on. Um, just add to your character, add to your, add to your toolbox. That's one of the pieces people tend to forget about toolbox that it's just not physical items or physical education that you're going to have. It's also internal, it's internal spirit, internal motivation, internal, you know, thought and positivity is one of those things that, um, is a very important tool that's, that's on there. You know, that's where, that's where I stand. That's where uh, people need to understand. Remember. Yeah, man. Yeah. Before. Oh, go ahead. And before, before we move on, I just want to recognize that hit, hit whiz, uh, has, has, has landed on the floor i guess you took the helicopter helicopter was running late but welcome welcome hit whiz we're letting him talk what's happening brother all is well how are you i'm good man you know i like the saying you know i'm only late if i don't show up so there it is my dog made it (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah, i'm in the building (laughs) but uh one of the other things that you were saying tools but realize it's just a metaphor for other things that can help you reach your best self to help you get to your destination so it might not be a physical tool it could be somebody who has experience in your field and that experience is now something that you can put in your toolbox for when you need to tap into it and speaking of that i think one of the people that's probably best equipped to talk about a toolbox is probably wiz um as he carries several toolboxes so wiz we'll let you jump on and talk about that part of your toolbox so yeah, um, I kind of agree. I've been here listening in, in on you guys for for a little bit, and a couple of things that were mentioned that are very important to me in my toolbox. And the first one is definitely education. And when I say education, I don't necessarily mean just book, you know, book smarts alone. I also mean life education and life. So as part of my toolbox, I I tend to do a lot of a lot of reading. Um, I listen to audiobooks pretty much all day long, even while I'm, you know, doing other things. Um, also, I watch a lot of a lot of videos just to get a different perspective on 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 what people doing, what people are doing in the various um, types of fields that, that I'm working in. So, so if it's if it's with music, um, I, I watch videos on a lot of different artists and, and how they how they came up and dig a little deeper as to as to you know what they do to, to enhance their creative creative abilities um when it comes to finance i listen to a lot of people talk about um you know investing in real estate and in just investing their money in general and and some of the um some of the ways that they do that so yeah education overall is is a, is a constant constant thing for me yeah, I like that you hit on that, man, and that a lot of it, it seemed like, you know, came from outside experiences. So 
you know, when you in life and you going through your daily or whatnot, like the stuff that the people around you and the stuff that you experience all provide that education and that, that help for you to grow through whatever you're growing through. So I like that you hit on that as well. Right, and, 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 and a key part of that, I think, is that when you talk about mentors and when you talk about people that you that you learn from, it doesn't necessarily have to be people that you know. Like a lot of times people think, OK, well, I don't have a mentor because I'm always by myself and I don't really know that many people or, or whatever. But I find mentors from all across the globe. I find mentors that aren't even alive anymore. I find, you know, mentors from all walks of life that can that can help me along, even if I never get a chance to speak to them at all. Right. Just having that open mind, you know, to be able to receive whatever it is that's going on out there. Uh, I, I agree. I agree. And you have to challenge yourself because it's not always going to be people that are in your immediate circle that you can look to to be a mentor because if they've been in your immediate circle most of your life, possibility is, is that they're either not prepared to be a mentor or they're not somebody that's going to share that knowledge that you need with you or be that push for you. So you're going to have to look outside of your immediate circle at some point um, to get to get inspired and to get what that is that you need for your toolbox so it's almost like a brand you got to look at people as as brands so craftsmen might not necessarily have the best tools sometimes you got to go to cutco or well, cutco makes knives don't go to cutco but um <laughs> snap on uh there are different tool brands that are out there you know you have to find out what's the best one for you and if you talk to any shade tree mechanic or any mechanic at you know a, a huge uh, retail place um, they'll tell you that it's all a matter of preference and when it comes to you finding the right things for your toolbox it is going to be a matter of preference exactly and that brings you right back to the first point you know you got to own your toolbox so you have to know what works for you um, and who is going to work for you in that sense um, while, while we're talking about that and you know once you get the right tools and the right surroundings I think it's very important that when you talk about growing like for me I started with wanting to work on my car right that was the overall I guess goal but the oil change was the first step in that so I think setting certain goals or setting having those benchmarks is also really really important so that way you can start you know knocking off the little things practicing because that's really what the grow is right practicing whatever your craft is or whatever it is that you want to actually achieve so that you get to the, the great status so i think setting goals and having the benchmarks are, are, are very important all right what do you how do you how would you say you would go about setting a, a goal you know i, I look at the goals as things that i I want to accomplish. So when it, when it comes to my goals for myself, I'll go professionally uh, myself. I told myself three years is my mark. So I love number three. I think three is the point where I get um, I get bored and need to challenge myself a little further. So my goal is always that every three years I need to be a new city, a new state, um, or a new position. If I can do that in my current position or my job, um, then I need to move on to a new profession. And you know, throughout my career since I was graduate college, I was able to make sure that that three-year mark always happened. And it's pushed me to make sure that I was always the best what I did. Um, and no matter what happened, who was near me behind me, or those who were there, you know, who've been there for years, um, I want to leave over them. I want to just go right past them and they're not going to hold me back. No one's going to let me, going to tell me 
I can't move forward. If you hold me back, I need to find someone else above you to make me move faster. So my goal are my goals. Always always step ahead and look forward three years ahead. So I think what was important about what Art just said was he puts a time Exactly. I was just about to say that. Exactly. On his goal. So he says every three years. So no matter what the goal is, and obviously he's gonna have different goals, but when it comes to professional life, there's a three year benchmark where he's gonna measure, hey, is this working? If it's not, is it the people around me? Do I need to go above them? So that's very important that you saw that he put a benchmark on his goal so that you're not just continually working on something that's not working. That's one of people's biggest demises in goal setting, setting the proper benchmarks in order to keep them motivated along the way. When you just set an arbitrary goal of, I want to lose weight, instead of saying, you know, by this date, I want to lose X amount, you get lost in the shuffle of being able to negotiate with yourself that, hey, I lost three pounds, so that is losing weight. Well, doing that over a year period is really not losing weight. <laughs> so it's about being able to set those benchmarks and really understand what it is that you're doing in order to, to help motivate yourself. It's about self-discipline. I teach my daughter all the time that that's one of the biggest um, points in her life that she needs to, to, to really hold on to is that self-discipline is what starts, you know, the core of everything that she's gonna do. And it's about her being able to just start waking up in the morning. That takes self-discipline and not take that time like her mama does to turn over and roll over and put the sheets back on and get an extra five minutes. And so, in your growth phase and having that self-discipline it's about understanding and being able to motivate yourself when you have the naysayers or you have that moment where you're in between possibly mentors and so you still have to be able to to wake up understand and have those goals and benchmarks set in order to keep you motivated and pushing along and that's what will help you thrive and actually grow successful right and i and just add oh go ahead gary just to add to that a little bit, um, kind of back to what Art was saying, I think another big problem that people have is they don't, they set goals, but they don't fully understand what happens once they reach the goal or even if they don't reach the goal. Like some people are scared to make those kind of adjustments. Like you can say all day, hey, I give this job three years, but then at the end of the three years, if you haven't met that goal, a lot of people will just extend that to four years now or extend it to five years and won't move on to you know to different things because they're scared to leave their current position they're scared to leave they're scared to make another leap um although they're in the growth phase or at least change their flight pattern right right and 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 that's key because what that means is that initially when you set your initial goal that goal was probably too low and you ended up hitting it and then you got comfortable so that's why you'll hear people talk about setting big lofty goals but because people are afraid of making a leap of that magnitude, they set something that's a little bit more realistic and that put, totally just puts them back in their comfort zone and allows them to just coast. Uh, and then when they reach that, you're so comfortable that you just, as Wiz said, as Gary said, you don't want to risk going further because you don't want to lose what you have. Right. And you use that word realistic. So it's a fine line when using that word, because what we just did, you know, for anybody who's in the corporate world, we kind of outline what they call smart goals. Right. And it's, it's really just an acronym of a goal being specific, measurable, agreeable, realistic and time bound. So we hit on just on all of that just now. But as Carol just said, that realistic 
portion of it is it going to keep you in your comfort zone and i think um that you 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 have to set realistic goals uh because obviously you want to be able to progress and if you look at it from a workout standpoint you can't say that i'm gonna lose 50 pounds in two days like unless you just stop eating and you go get a surgery that's just not going to happen but you also don't want to cripple yourself or or provide yourself with too much of a crutch where you're not challenging yourself man and i think that's the the most important part part of the growth phase maybe not the most important but it's very important that you're challenging yourself because otherwise you're not going to grow you know you have to you know stretch your muscles you have to stretch yourself so that you see how much you can take and you know you may surprise yourself and be like oh i did more than i thought i would do so let me set the next goal which you know is another benchmark and you keep reaching and you keep reaching until you finally do reach that star i think there are some um there are some limitations you know kind of what you're alluding to there are some limitations to setting a smart goal and this is something that you see a lot in in, in corporate America, they want you to set these smart goals and they want you to make them realistic. So a lot of times you as an employee, you set the lowest goal possible that you can achieve because now you've been put into this box. You know what I mean? Instead of instead of them telling you, OK, set an unrealistic goal and see how close you can get to it. They want you to set something that's that specific and that measurable. And now you kind of have this feeling like you're being measured. So. I think the end result of that a lot of the times is that you set goals kind of like what Carol was saying that are way below, you know, what you should be setting. Mm-hmm. Professional, uh, go ahead. Okay. No, obviously, professional uh, lingo for that would be you stand back your goals. You stand back it so low that you know you can get it and you get the promotion or get that raise, um, but you never grow internally. You never grow uh, mentally. Just the norm. And here's the thing, depending on where you work, and who your supervisor, your boss is, they want you to sandbag because they don't want you to show that you're capable of doing or producing better than they do because then their job's in jeopardy. So it's almost built in job security from your superiors, your supervisor, your your boss. Um, And that's something that you always have to be conscious of is my current position and who I'm working for is that holding me back from my full potential? And that might not even just apply to your job. That could apply to your home life. That could apply to your family. Somebody in your family could be telling you that the things that you're trying to do are too much. And why don't you just do this that's proven and you'll you'll be comfortable for the rest of your life. Well, you might need to show that person that, hey, I can do more and I don't have to operate within the norm of what you think is safe and what you think is good for longevity. Show yourself. At the end of the day, show yourself. I, I'm in 100% agreement with Carol that you, I personally have, you know, family members and friends who were very um, weary of me starting my own advertising agency and me, you know, seeking a path of, of being my own business instead of working in uh, corporate America. However, looking back, it's it's by far one of the best choices I ever made in my life. And and having that growth, having that opportunity, it will it totally changed the way that I think and, and view everybody and everything. Once you get out of the, the quote unquote matrix, out of that corporate world and start to see really what living is about, that yes, you can still work, but if you can create a work environment that it doesn't feel like you're working in, you can uh, have such a better quality of life.
Yeah, I totally agree, man. And I think all of that, you know, it still points back to the first point. So we building right now of, you know, owning that toolbox and understanding the people or things that are around you may not be equipping you the best to realize those goals. Um, I think also, you know, we're going to change directions a little bit um, and start talking about what we feel like is going to be the hammer in that toolbox. And that will be the time that you invest in yourself. And I think I'm going to throw it to Carol so he can kind of elaborate that on that a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. So I can tell you, if you took a hammer to your oil filter, it would have came right off of your car with no problem at all. You might have yeah. been able to put the new one on, but you <laughs> got that one off. <laughs> so absolutely. So time is the biggest investment. And I know we were talking about people and mentors and things like that, but it's also in your toolbox. Hey, what movies do you have in your toolbox? that you watch that provide you inspiration or that you know kind of motivates you to want to do more what what quotes do you have in your toolbox that when you're not necessarily feeling productive or that you're not feeling like you're making progress you can look to those quotes to get inspiration what speakers do you listen to continually that can always keep you on the right track so i spend right now probably about an average of 2 hours a day listening to motivational speakers or uh, tutorial videos on speaking. So I do that probably about five days a week. So that ends up being like 10 hours a week. But then when you multiply that, it's 40 hours a month, 480 hours a year. So I'm absolutely trying to double that in 2017 just to continue to invest the time in myself because you could absolutely come home and watch TV. The New York Times just recently did um, an article on the Nielsen ratings, and Nielsen now says that between smartphones, TV, tablets, people spend about an average of 10 hours and 39 minutes a day just between TV and those other devices. So what are you filling your subconscious with? What are you filling your mind with when you're doing that? If it's Housewives of Atlanta or... Whatever it is, I probably didn't even get the show right because I don't watch it. But um, <laughs> no, that's one of them. <laughs> that's one of them. Okay, good. <laughs> good. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, but what are you filling your mind with? My grandmother always used to tell me when I was growing up that the people on TV already already made their money. What are you doing? So obviously, it's not all about money, but it is about finding your destination, getting to your best self, and living your best life. So you can spend. 3,887 hours out of the year on foolery or you can find it or you can spend it investing in yourself so Malcolm Gladwell talked about uh, having to spend 10,000 hours in your craft to become a master I don't necessarily think that for everybody it takes 10,000 hours but there is a time investment and it is the most important thing that is probably in your toolbox and only behind one other thing and if you've ever spent time around mechanics, you'll see a lot of them have a mirror in their toolbox. Well, that mirror is not for them to look at themselves. It's really so that they can see if there's anybody behind them while they're facing their toolbox. But I would challenge you to say, put a mirror in your toolbox so that you can always remind yourself that you are the first person that is responsible for what happens with your life. Use that mirror because 
you can always be your biggest enemy. So you always want to make sure you're looking yourself in the eye and that you're the number one star on your team. Right. So the first set of your 10,000 hours should should definitely be self-reflection. Like, um, kind of like what Carol said, look, look at yourself. Like, where are you spiritually? Where are you financially? Where, what is your physical state really? Um, take a look at your, your friends, your associates, uh, who's, who's doing good for you. Who's not doing good for you. You, you know what I mean? So you, you learn a lot by initially taking inventory of, of who you are, I think. And I want to I want to just just add in and and as you guys get to know me more and more uh, on the first team floor, realize, realize that I'm the I'm the positive guy. I'm the guy that always has the, the positive spin on on what's going on in life. So just just with with that ability to um, to make sure you're taking care of yourself and you're and you're you're focusing hard on uh, on yourself and your growth, you gotta take some time to to unplug. That's the unplugging process. You're gonna consistently. Uh, be on that 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 hamster wheel going in circles and circles. It takes that exit for an hour. It takes an exit to, to look back. The exit to look at the family and play with the kids, and then go back and say, "Okay, I'm refreshed again, and I'm ready to move forward, and I'm ready to be back into my my thousand my thousand hours." So you know, I challenge each and every one of you right now to look into your DVRs. Look at how much time you set yourself up and you plant through the week. That I'm going to watch these 14 shows and this half an hour show and add those hours up and cut that in half and put the other half into what you need to do instead of focusing on things that are going to be irrelevant in two or three weeks. And you'll now you'll have the ability to make yourself stronger while still able to unplug. Uh, just you know, take it slowly throughout the time. That's a great it's point. Like, oh. Go ahead, Fresh. Well, I was going to say, it's just like watching a bird in flight. A bird in flight doesn't flap its wings the whole time that it's going. Eventually, it, it, it lets its wings out and it coasts. That's the same thing with, as Art was saying, with your 10,000 hours. You can't sit there and burn yourself out, getting exhausted, thinking that, oh, man, if I watch all these videos and read these books and I just keep on doing I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut the time. Instead of doing it in five years, I'm going to get my 10,000 hours in, you know, in this one year. You're going to burn out and you're going to wind up... Um, not not being able to reach your goal and, and possibly even um finding out that you uh you know kind of driving yourself into a dislike for whatever you had that passion and so being able to take those breaks and understanding that you have to have some relief and give your uh brains downtime and really some time to absorb what you're taking in digest it and be able to use it effectively Right, and plus you, plus once you get to your ten thousand hours, I think you'll quickly realize that you, you may need another ten thousand hours. So I don't necessarily think that there should be a rush to get there. There should be, you know, quality time instead of just the amount of time that you spend. Yeah, it's ab- it's absolutely not about the hours. It's it's just making sure that hey, have I made this investment? What does that investment look like? And just like any investment portfolio, you've got to check and see, hey, you know, how diverse is my portfolio? How, how diverse is your investment? So as we've talked about many different things that you're going to have in your toolbox. Time being number one, but you use that time to schedule out the diversity of your tools. Great stuff, guys. I want to um, go back to something. I think you I think you hit on it, Carol, and it's the the subconscious effects 
of your surroundings. So for me, I know that this is a it's, it's really true because the, the stuff that you put in your head, it, it will come out of you. So if you constantly like for me, I listen to various genres of music, but the more trap music I listen to, the more trap mindset I, I tend to be in versus the more R&B I listen to, the more lovey-dovey mindset I tend to be in. So if you realize what things you're adding to yourself subconsciously that are having those uh, outward effects on your surroundings, you could probably control a lot of that as well and produce much greater output. What energy are you putting out and what energy are you are you collecting? If you're around bad energy, then you'll suck that stuff up real quick. You know, you know what I mean? And it'll it'll become part of who you are to become part of your life. Right, Fresh? Exactly. That's what I was going to say was one of the biggest um, draws that uh, had me change my hobby of being a DJ into actually professional being a DJ was the impact that music can have on you and starting to really see and understand that throughout my life that just as, as Brett said, you know, you can if you are constantly listening to some music that's about, you know, crime and, and bad things going on and how hard life is and it doesn't have to be trap music. There are people who are listening to country music who are getting all of these sad stories about their wife left them and everything else. And, and you start to be in that mindset. Right. If you don't start to uh, harness, you know, better energy and understand there's nothing wrong with enjoying that music, but you need to put some um, positive and, you know, that, that good energy within your life. Otherwise, you can get stagnant and you can fall into that place and you're doing it subconsciously. It's not even something that you're trying to do. But if you are constantly hearing a message of, you know, life is messed up, things bad, my girl doesn't love me, and you start to feel like that's the way life is, and that's the way that you're going to carry out. Exactly, which brings me to my next point in the growth phase, you know, energy conversion. So we talked a little bit about motivation and energy conversion on the last show, and the uh, example I used was that Kobe Bryant commercial, right, where he was in the gym, and, uh, you know, he has all of these newspaper articles, and they're playing clips on how bad he was as a rookie and first year player. Um, and he's listening to all of that negative energy while he's in the gym. And I, I likened it to myself because while he was in the gym listening to all that and doing his rope drills and everything, he was using that as motivation. And for me, it's the same thing. You know, even though, you know, it, it's negative energy coming in, it's almost you telling me I can't do something that is making me want to prove you wrong even more. So, figuring out your method of energy conversion and how you can deal with it because some people you know they they can't do that and it's okay you know you need that positive more positive reinforcement but it's different strokes for different folks and i'll throw it to, uh, to to carol to see what he had to say on it yeah so we talked about energy conversion briefly um but you can't do it until you've reached a state in your mind where one you've done that self-reflection that we talked about earlier you have to do that self-reflection and then again you have to know where you are and what your destination is once that happens and you've reached that mindset where you realize that you're responsible for all of that it doesn't matter what people say because you're going to have two different types of people you're going to have the people that don't want you to do things as, as successful as they are and then you're going to have the people that they're going to tell you that you can't do it and they're going to be negative because they know they're not capable of doing it so 
you've got to be able to turn that negative energy and you have to have that negative energy be your fuel. And until you learn how to self-reflect and know that you're basically the master of your fate. Right. And it's going to be, it's going to be difficult for you to do that. And I, I think it, it also gets a little bit more, more complicated than that because when you talk about Kobe, he's more so, you know, talking about the media or talking about critics and stuff like that. There's there's one thing when when people that you don't know and don't interact with on a regular basis or aren't that close to you tell you that you can't do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's easy food. That's easy fuel for you to to be able to do what you need to do. It gets a little more difficult if the people in your own circle tell you mm-hmm. that you can't do something or or don't believe in what you're doing. You, you know what I mean? It's if if somebody I don't know says Hey, yeah, you you could never make it in the music business, or you could, or you know, you could never become financially free, or you know, any any of my goals. Then yeah, that's that's fuel. Now, if my best friend says that, it, it has a little a little more impact. And if I don't do the work of that self reflection and knowing where I'm at, then you know, it can be very difficult to 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 do that energy conversion at that point. Yeah, I think it take a definitely it definitely takes a strong mind state. But again, I think. That's where we come in here on the 13th floor and with Fledgeology. If you have those in your inner circle or that are close to you that may not see your dreams the same way you see it, don't worry about it because we do. And that's what we're here to help you realize that potential. So, um, yeah, it's definitely going to be hard. I could see it. If my significant other didn't believe in me the way that I felt like they should believe in me, I would definitely probably have a hard time with that. But that's where you stop, take a minute and reflect and see where you can get that motivation, that external motivation, if that's what you require. At some point, I definitely believe that it's gonna take a certain amount of internal motivation to keep you going, but or to get you going, but that external motivation is always, you know, good fuel to have in the tank. And the other thing on that is, is that it's very crucial that the audience realizes that even though we're talking about the grow phase, while you're in the grow phase, you're going to have many opportunities where you're going to have to leap again. So you're going to go back and forth between growing and leaping because you're going to grow. You're going to get to a point and it's going to require you to leap again. And one of those leaps is when those people come out with the negative comments and and the things that they try to tell you to discourage you. And you're going to have to leap in confidence of what you believe and knowing that, hey, no matter what they say, this is my destination. This is where I'm going, and it's possible. Right, man. right. Because the growth phase is almost like the growth phase extends over every over leap, grow, and fly. Right. So it's almost like you have to leap, grow, fly, grow some more, and <laughs> and the process the process continues. You know, because it takes a little bit of growth to leap. Then once you leap, it takes a lot of growth to fly and then once you fly it takes more growth to be able to leap from where you landed or or to leap from the you know whatever direction you're going in so or to I fly think, higher or right. to fly higher exactly so growth is growth is definitely a constant part of this whole whole process and it's almost unfair to to keep it isolated as its own entity right right i definitely agree man i think one thing that you have to remember is you know it's not all about what you have while you're doing all of this like i feel like it's more about what you feel if you feel like you are able to live a certain type of life or you want to live a certain type of life if you feel like 
you have a certain gift that you want to practice and give out to the world, then that's what you should focus on. It shouldn't be all about what you have currently around you because all of that can change. It's all about the work that you end up putting into it. But just pay attention to what you feel. If you feel good about something, nine times out of 10, it's gonna have a good return on it. So boost or go that way with it. Yep, that's kind of like, you know, the law of attraction. Getting back to what I was saying earlier, the energy you put out is is kind of what you receive. If you're in a positive mood and your vibe is positive and and yeah, you believe in yourself, then you'll be amazed at the type of things that you can accomplish. If you live in self-doubt, then everything that you attempt to do can be very can be very difficult. Yeah, man. I was gonna say you wear it like a coat. Whatever whatever that 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 energy is, you wear it like a coat. You uh anybody who really hangs around me and, and, and you know really knows me can attest to the fact that I, I'm very high energy. I enjoy wherever I'm at, I'm gonna find a way to make it fun and not feel bored and in some type of slump. But it's because I personally know that I would prefer to be in a place that's fun and entertaining than to be, you know, in a bowl uh bowl. I don't know, I don't even know I made up a word. A dull. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we add to the urban dictionary, words. man. That's what we do on the 13th floor. Exactly. Another ad. We try to do one every podcast. Add a new word to the urban dictionary. So bowl is kind of like a, a conglomerate of, of dull and boring. So it's bowl. Oh, um, <laughs> 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 uh, Lord. But yeah, I would rather exact. See, this is a point right here that I enjoy high energy you know being able to joke laugh have a good time and if i personally make sure that i myself am putting that energy out there and working on making sure that that's what i have then i notice and i feel and i see that that's that's what i get back i get a lot more um uh smiles and and, and at the end of the day things that i want when i'm, I'm pleasurable when i'm nice when i'm talking to my waitress or waiter asking them for something instead of demanding it if I'm nice enough to say please and maybe make a joke and things like that they want to bring an extra and, and you know make sure everything's on time and, and those good things so it's something that, that carries over across the board I know Art was trying to jump in but one point that you said that was really like just earth shattering and mind blowing was that coat because if you imagine yourself everywhere you went like you were walking around with a velcro coat you would be very careful of the things that you come in contact with and the people you come in contact with because you wouldn't want something that you know is not positive for you or a positive influence to stick to your coat and then you take that coat home exactly I, and i take this from when i first started my um was starting my sales career and having to uh, do sales blitzes on the on the phone and call you know 150 250 people a day businesses, I, I noticed myself getting in a state of desperation. And while I was calling, all of a sudden I'm noticing in my tone and in, in everything I'm doing. Oh man, you're, you're wearing that desperation. I know they can hear it on your in your voice. Nobody wants to buy or talk to anybody who sounds desperate. And so I literally took. A piece of paper and wrote on there be positive you are not desperate one cell is not going to make or break put it up on my window so i could see it uh, in my cube so i could see it 
as I was, you know, making those phone calls. And that was such a big differentiator in, in my success in making those calls. And it was something that was the baby step of understanding, wow, that energy is something that you wear. It's something that's apparent. And, and even though everyone can't see it, when you start to um, put on your glasses, your shades to be able to view everyone's energy and start to understand how it works, that can really seriously help propel you to the successes that you want in life. Right. And that depends, you know, that determines whether or not you get a good job or a bad job, um, whether you get paid a high salary or a low salary. Um, coming from a place of desperation is almost like coming from a place of weakness and, and the sharks can smell that from a mile away and they take full advantage of it. So you kind of have to have that self-confidence. You kind of have to have that positivity around you knowing that that knowing your worth um art i know you're going to jump in no i just wanted to uh just the, the vision and kind of tie into the cult mindset but the vision and you tied it into it correctly was that the vision whatever you see is what you're going to see you know if you're seeing you know desperation you're seeing you know i'm not going to go anywhere i'm not going to do anything better then you're never going to see that light that's looking down the street or that light in the tunnel but it may be a, a turn left to see that you always know, are in that dark tunnel you're going through and always seeing that process you never get to open it up to see that that tunnel has a lighter step at the end to help you out it's funny that you mentioned vision because i think that's a ne that's another point that we're going to try to get into and it's gonna it's gonna transition you into to fly uh you know we talked about a lot of stuff with grow today we talked about setting up your toolbox and making sure that you're able to take it take responsibility of that the things that will equip you for success as well as those that may not equip you for success you also you know you got to make sure that you have your benchmark set your goals or what have you and then you investing the time into yourself uh, but when you talk uh, about, we also talked about the obstacles and energy conversion as well and then liken i liken that to you know the the story of the alchemist great book i recently read it i love that book and you know the dude and I, I recall his name being santiago i believe you know on his journey it's all about reaching your own personal legend basically is what the book is about and on his journey he he overcame so many things to grow into what he he dreamed his life to be you know he lost his flock at one point he lost all of his money at one point, and he even almost lost his life on this journey. However, each obstacle made him stronger and made him able to go on and achieve that personal legend. So, you know, you got, you're going to have some some strife, some some headwind while you're out here in the growth phase. But it's, it's all part of it. You know, that's that practice. So just embrace it and go forward. Art mentioned, you know, the vision. And, uh, you know, I think it's it's really important while you're in the growth phase that you have that tunnel vision because that's going to carry you in to fly we we talked about our mascot or our logo being an eagle and the great thing about an eagle is when it locks on to its prey it can be up to a mile to a mile and a half away and it has that tunnel vision that line of sight and it's going straight at whatever its prey is so when you have you outlined where you are you know where you want to go you figured out what your gift is and what your dreams are we want you to have that same type of tunnel vision and tenaciously go after that goal. Um, and, you know, we, I, I say it transitions you into fly because 
you're gonna fly at you know different altitudes at some point and there may be things that'll jump into your line of sight you're gonna have to know how to deal with that and i'm gonna throw it to carol he may be able to expound and give you a little uh, a little tidbit of what we'll jump on or harp on in the next podcast yeah so a lot of people are probably saying well if you have tunnel vision what if there's something coming that you can't see because you're so focused on that one thing well we spend a lot of time talking about your subconscious and we talk a lot about the tools um, that you use to help you grow and we're not necessarily talking about your actual 2020 vision or for those of you who refuse to go to the optometrist you know 40 20 whatever you got we're talking about your subconscious mind, which some people refer to as your third eye. And that's where we're asking you to have tunnel vision. Because if you are so focused, as Brett said, on your destination, your mind and the universe and all of your energy is going to help you get to where you want to go. So you have got to absolutely stay focused and keep your subconscious mind, keep that tunnel vision for your third eye to help guide you through and to get you where you need to go. So yes, absolutely. Always keep your head on the swivel so that your actual eyes can see what's going on, but always be laser focused on what your destination is. Right. And, and I also think that you shouldn't be too hard on yourself and, and kind of realize that all of this stuff is already within you. And, you know, one of the most amazing parts of the alchemist, I think is that, once he finally found his personal legend, it was right where he started. Right. It wasn't it wasn't at some far off destination or, or anything like that. Yeah, he took the journey and he went all over the place looking for his personal legend. But when he finally found it, it was at home. It was, you know, it was within him. Oh, we should have put in a spoiler alert for that. We should have gave him a 10 minute second spoiler alert in case those didn't read that book yet. But we got it now. <laughs> no, nah, it's still a whole lot more in that book, man. If you take your time, and it's a it's a quick read actually, but we it's a whole lot more in that book. So yeah, man, we like to thank everybody for joining us on the thirteenth floor. Um, you know, it was a, a great podcast. Wiz is in the building. I want to highlight this brother. He got some music that's about to drop. We got what's up that's up now. He's doing the spin fifty challenge. Still tweaking it a little bit, but we're gonna have that live in a few days. Try to get my dog out there. What else you got going on? We had, shook, we had the Shook Ones Challenge. Shook Ones just went up. Yep. What else you got going on? Oh, yeah, I'm getting, getting a lot of good feedback on that. Um, working on the second single after What's Up, which will be Dangerous Girl. Um, should be out towards the end of the month. Matter of fact, if y'all notice, it's been the instrumental while we've been talking. <laughs> easy so yeah man remind y'all check out fledgeology at fledgeology all your social media sites check out hit Wiz or at Wiz music online all your social media sites the websites fledgeology.com wizmusiconline.com we got a lot of good stuff up there i appreciate you listening to us today i'm gonna let carol wrap up the show what you got for him sir so we got 27 days left before 2017 is here and we've been sharing a lot of tools and keys that can help you find your greatest self. What we don't want you to do is to say, oh, it's going to be a new year. It's going to be a new me. It can't be a new you if you go into the new year with your old mindset. So you've got to focus on 
your thoughts, your mind, and how you look at yourself. We told you about self-reflection. Take the next few days to really self-reflect and figure it out. What's going to be new about your mind in 2017? The world was supposed to end in 2000. It didn't. The world was supposed to end in 2012. It did not. Stop waiting. Now is the time for you to fledge. Now is the time for you to find your best self. Take us home, Brett. And like that, we going, man. Thank you for joining us here on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. Now is your time to fledge. Fledge. Fledge.